Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Well, hello, hello, hello out there in listening audience land. It's your girl. Barbara McGee, coming live, celebrity makeup artist to the stars. And you're listening to Galaxy Talk Radio and your girl on Straight Talk with the Hired Brush. And you know what? It's just so wonderful to be here tonight. You know, we haven't been doing our regular Sundays on the couch in the penthouse. And the reason why is because, you know, we've been working so avidly First off, in the community with our new project, which is going to give us the opportunity to bring you a Miss Black Oakland and a Miss Black San Francisco and, of course, Miss East Bay. And, uh, uh, you know, we're doing that Miss Black California pageant. And that's taking up all of our time, all of our energies. And uh, we're finding a lot of wonderful young girls out there who really want to step up and want to do better and want to be better. And so we as a community, we want to surround them with love, and we want to be able to, number one, uh, find more girls out there that are interested, find mentors, sponsors. We want to be able to find uh, participants, get them all involved. So in August, when we do the crowning, we can all be there together. We can all lift up our young, talented women. And at the same time, you know, we'll be able to commiserate and enjoy each other and value black pride. That's what's most important about this whole thing is to elevate our consciousness and value black pride. Well, I just wanted to say, first off, uh, thank you to Mr. Andre Ward, who is CEO and Chief of Galaxy Talk Radio and T25CL. And that's how we come to you live every Sunday. And we have several talk shows that are wonderful, you know, Compton Politics, which comes on 7.30 Monday nights. And, of course, Rosalind's Corner, which comes on Wednesday nights at 7.30. Well, I just wanted to let you know that uh, you can call in to listen to this particular uh uh episode, which is episode, I believe, number 64 for us. And it's a mother's love, and that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about a mother's love straight out of Oakland. We're talking to a young woman. Uh, I want to introduce her and uh, talk with her. Um, her name is uh, uh, Danielle News, and uh, she is a beautiful spirit that I, I had a privilege to meet. And uh, I want to introduce her to you and let her tell you a little bit about her story. I find her to be a pillar of strength uh, in Oakland, California. I find her to be uh, the epitome of motherhood, uh, the epitome of what uh, you and I both could only hope to be able to do if, in fact, this had happened to our family. 
Uh, she's written a book, and the book is coming out in the summertime. And uh, hopefully all of you will have a copy on your coffee table. It talks about the triumph of a woman who has been crushed by the murder of her son. And this is a very solemn uh, conversation that we're going to have. We're asking for all of you to participate, listen tight, and, of course, call in if you have comments or uh, supporting remarks. And that's going to be at one seven two four 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 seven four four four. The uh, caller ID when you get on is one three one nine five nine pound, and then of course the pin is one pound. So I want to talk and bring to you live on the penthouse and on the couch in the penthouse tonight is Miss Danielle News. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm okay. Uh, did I get did I, did I get your name right? Is it Danielle? So I have it right now. Danielle, Danielle New, the one and only. <laughs> That's right, absolutely. And I want to stand up and and salute you. And uh, I want to tell you, God bless you. And you know, I want to tell you that I admire your strength and your courage. And uh, we want to give you an opportunity to uh, tell your story. And what we'll do is we'll let you talk for a couple of minutes, and then we'll mm-hmm. ask a question, and we'll go to a caller, and then we'll let you talk a little bit more. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how your story starts? You're living in Oakland, California, in East Oakland, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, you have uh, two sons, and uh, they're school age, and just give us a place us in Oakland before everything, your lifestyle and what was happening for you in Oakland was, prior to the accident. Okay. Well, I was born in San Francisco, um, raised in Oakland, um, Acorn Projects. I went to the public schools out there. Um, I went to Cal State Hayward. I graduated um, with a B.S. in criminal justice, a minor in sociology. Um, went on to work in San Francisco as a social worker assistant and also at a huge nonprofit organization in Hayward Shelter um, um, as a case manager. So, you know, single mom, raising both her boys in East Oakland, California. Um, Yeah, you know, just raising my kids, um, sending them to schools. My 13-year-old son, Lee, was attending um, Oakland Public Schools, um, Boys and Girls Club member, um, loved church every Wednesday. He's going out with um, Victory Outreach and raising donations and just participating in the children's activities and going to church on Wednesdays and Sundays. And um, my oldest son, 19-year-old Lamar, um, you know, just graduated from um, high school, um, was enrolled at Laney College, worked at Youth Uprising, um, just bought his first car, just fell in love at 19 for the first time in his life. And, you know, I was just a typical mom raising her kids in East Oakland, California. Well, you know what? I think that's real interesting. My daughter, uh, we actually came to know um, Victory Outreach, I think, when we were in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And Rosalind, who is one of the uh, uh, founders of um, uh, Teach5CL, which is where why we're here, you know, we have the privilege of, coming to everyone live across the world through their grace and, and through their uh, uh, guidance. But um, Galaxy Talk Radio, she has a show, Robin's Corner, and she is one of the um, 
members of Victory Outreach in Los Angeles. And so we know that they do a great work with the young people, and then we mm-hmm. have a chance to uh, join and participate with the Boys Club, <clears throat> Boys and Girls Club in Las Vegas. And I think uh, I think uh, uh, the tennis pro, uh, Asaki, oh, I can't think of his name right now, but anyway, he uh, gave millions of dollars to the Boys and Girls Club, so it was the place for kids to go. And I you think if you stayed a member up until, like, your 12th year, then they paid for your high school, your college. With oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So it was the thing, uh, uh, Agassi, that's his name. Andrew Agassi. Agassi. Andre, Andre Agassi. Andre Agassi, that's right. Yes. Founder in the Boys and Girls Club. So it's truly the place to be for kids. My kid was going there like five days a week and wanted to go on Saturdays as well because it was so much fun. But anyway, mm-hmm. okay, so go ahead and tell us. Okay, so it sounds like everything, what, were, are you married? Were you married at the time? Or? Um, No, I wasn't married. Well, I'm not married. I wasn't, no. Okay, and we have a caller actually here. Uh, caller, why don't you state your name and tell us who you are, just so we know who's all online too as well. Is there a caller here? Let me see. I'm going to check and see. Caller, you're unmuted. State your name and tell us who you are. Okay, well, I think maybe we have a listener, but that's okay too. Okay. okay. Hang with us. Okay, go ahead. Uh, we're listening to you. And so um, you had Christmas, and what year was that? Was that 2012 that you had Christmas or 13? Christmas? Yes, the last Christmas. Um, the last, last Christmas, Christmas was 2013. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 2013 was the um, um, last Christmas that I had with the boys. What happened was... Um, on December thirty first, two thousand fourteen, two thousand thirteen, excuse me, I had got off work. Um, I was working a twelve a.m. to eight a.m. shift, so I got home. Um, my youngest son Lee asked me, "Can he go to the sleepover at the Boys and Girls Club?" And knowing that's where he go all the time, it was actually um, Christmas break. And I said, "Yes, Lee, you can go. Um, you can go." Um, I had went to my second job. And I didn't stay long because it was raining and stuff like that. You know, I, I, go, I used to go out into the community and register people to vote, um, you know, register people to vote and get different initiatives on the ballot. So mm-hmm. I came home a little early. When I got home, Lee was already gone. Lee was gone on December. Yeah, this happened on December 31st. He was gone. Um, I talked to Lee at 442. I think I placed a, a, a call to his cell phone. And I spoke mm-hmm. to my son, and I was like, "Lee, so are you are you going to go? Are you staying at the Boys and Girls Club and spending the night?" He was like, "No, mom, I'm going to go to church with my friends. They're having a New Year's Eve special, so we're yeah, going to go to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, they'd be having a New Year's Eve. He was going to go to, um, I think the church that belonged to his glad tidings out there in Hayward. So he was going with his friend. Um, um, I heard the friend in the background was like, can Lee go to church with us? Can Lee go to church with us? Now, Lee had been going to these people's house quite often. They done brought him home quite often. Mm-hmm. So, like, 7 o'clock came, 8 o'clock came. I started calling Lee's cell phone. Um, I wasn't able to get in contact with Lee. I started calling his cell phone. Um, my first time ever requesting the lady as a friend on Facebook, I did it that evening. 
Mm-hmm. So I called I called my sister. I said, Mind you, I haven't had talked to Lee, but I knew exactly mm-hmm. where he was. I called my I called um my friend. Um it was like ten thirty at night. I sent her over there to the house because I had my son's car, but I did not have the key, my oldest son. I did not have mm-hmm. the key. He had his key, but the car was parked at home. So like around 10 o'clock-ish, I sent my friend over there to go check on my son. She knocked on the door. Nobody answered. Okay, Lee is at church. He said he was going to church. I spoke to. I, I heard the son say that he was going to church, and that's exactly where he was. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Miami... I see a news report on the news, young teen killed on a hundred and shot on a hundred and fourth in Walnut, rushed to the hospital. So I see that news. I'm like, okay, I, I never tripped that that was my son. I, I see the the person getting rushed into the ambulance and the ambulance drive off. Um, now, mind you, I had not, you know, his dad had been calling. Okay, well, he's at church. You know, they just they will bring him home. Once they get out of church, it would be like 12 o'clock. You know, they celebrate the New Year's Eve in church. So right. Lee, um, Lee, um, what happened was, so I haven't, had ta- I haven't talked to Lee. I requested the person as a friend on Facebook. Now, the person, the person that Lee was with, I knew her. I, I grew up with her in West Oakland. She brought Lee home many of times from um, the Boys and Girls Club when his, he was there with her kids. So, okay, then fast forward, it's, fu- it's 5 o'clock in the morning, Is a knock on the door. Um, to det- they, I said, who is it? So I'm like, 5 o'clock in the morning, who is this knocking on my door? So it was two detectives. They said, the Oakland police. I said, who are you looking for? And they was like, well, we need to speak to you. You know, I'm not opening my door because what do police want at my house? So anyway, push right. yourself. Um, yes, I, I opened the door. It was like, we need, it's, they said, you have a, your oldest son. We believe this is what they said. We believe your son has been shot. Your oldest son has been shot. I said, well, I think you guys have the wrong house because my oldest son is in the room. He's asleep. I knew my oldest son was at home. He was 19. He was home. What? He was like, um, no, we believe your son is house out. Sir, I believe you got the wrong house. They said, do you have any other kids? I said, I do. I have a 13-year-old. Yeah. I, they said, describe to me what he has on. Now, mind you, I didn't see what Lee had on that day because I had left before he left to go to work. Right. I was like, I don't know. They was like, well, can you describe his cell phone? I described his cell phone because I know exactly what his cell phone, how his cell phone looked. They said, um, to, can you describe the shoes he had on? I, I knew the shoes, Lee's favorite shoes. I described the shoes. They said, what would, Lee, what would your son be wearing around your neck? He would be wearing his headphones. You know, he has the headphones that go into his cell phone so he can listen mm-hmm. to his earphones. Ear, earphones. Um, they said, man, we believe your son has been shot. He's doing okay. I was like, hold on. I was, they was like, well, I said, his name Lee Weathersby? They was like, yes, we believe this is him. Um, um, we don't know. Like, how old is he? He's like 19. I'm like, no, my son is only 13. Now, remind you, Lee is extremely tall, extremely tall for his age. He he, mm-hmm. he, had, he was like almost six feet at 13 years old. So mm-hmm. I go in there and I wake up my oldest son. I'm like, Lamar, the detectives here, they said Lee got shot. My son woke up and was like, what, what, what you mean he got shot? I was like, I don't know the detectives here. So at that point, they said, well, hold, calm down. He's doing okay. He's alive. But Lee had passed at 4.42 a.m., and 
they was at my door at 5 o'clock. So we go to the hospital. Um, we waited for an hour. They came out, and they tell us that Lee had passed away, and my heart just dropped. They wanted me to go into the um, the hospital to identify Lee. I couldn't do it. I sent my oldest son and his friend in because he rode with us to the hospital. This was so at high you end. T- so you mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm just mm-hmm. trying to get the understanding. So you mean to tell me what, he spent the night at someone's house, and no. uh, they, nobody knew where he was, and you were unable to... Get a just. I mean, the lady. Where was? How did? Okay, so how did he? Okay, go ahead. I'm just. A okay, let me confused. let me tell you because I know exactly what you're trying to ask. Some type of reason. The last time I talked to Lee was at 4:42 p.m. From mm-hmm. that time until 8:45, when Lee left the lady house. This is what happened. Lee left her house, and. Mm-hmm. There was no phone call to me. There was no, Mom, I'm coming home. She didn't place a phone call. She just got home, and all of a sudden, Lee left her house at 845 on New Year's Eve, and at 923, he got off the bus at 923. At 926, walking up towards the seven blocks it takes to my house, Lee was shot. No, I did not know my son was leaving her house. No, did she, she did not call me to say, okay, your son's not going to go to church. I'm sending him home. No, she did not call me to tell me to come pick your son up. No, there was no phone call. I'm assuming because I talked to my son. Now, let me tell you something. My son never be outside at 9.23 p.m. Never, ever, ever. I don't allow that. I didn't allow that. Either I go pick Lee up or either someone's bringing him home or either he's at home. So that's how that happened. But we know Lee left at 8.45 p.m. because the next day when I went over there, I was like, Lee was at your house. What happened? She said, oh, he left around 8.45. But she not knowing that Lee got killed. I said, Lee left your house? I said, why didn't you call me? Her response was she didn't want to be late to church. So instead of bringing my son home, she he she seen exactly which way he walked out her house, but there was no phone call because I could have had someone to come pick me pick him up, or either my my sister lived what three minutes away. My sister could have went to go and get him. Uh huh. Yes. Well, well, well. The the main thing is is that when there's a consult with the parent, uh, you know, there's a there's a custodial issue of when. Everybody's at my house and it's New Year's Eve, and I'm going to see it through till in the morning. When everybody's at your house, you see it through till in the morning. I mean, we don't assume that there would be any kind of permission that you could leave out and go off on your own at 13. Exactly, but let me tell you something. Now, when Lee told me he was staying at her house, I did not talk to her at that moment. I knew that his friend, Lee, and her son said that, yes, Lee's going to go to church with us. Now, Lee done spent the night at this lady house. Lee done been over there. She done brought Lee home prior to this incident. So there was no issues. When my son said he was going to be there, she stayed, what, four houses from the Boys and Girls Club. When he said he was going to be there, he, he was there. And he was there. But, no, I did not talk to the mom prior to you know, saying, okay, can Lee go to church with you guys? No, I did not. So I I was telling you guys that I did not talk to the mom and say, okay, my son's going to go to church with you guys. So I guess when she gets home, she sees my son there. 
But she just said that Lee left. She there was she just said that Lee left. So that that's how that happened. But, All right. But let me let me just notify and let everybody know. Okay, everybody, we're here with uh, uh, Danielle News, and she is the author of the book "When Tragedy Strikes, Dig Deep." Um, when tragedy strikes twice. When tragedy strikes twice, twice, strikes twice, dig deep. A mother's triumph over loss. And you're listening to T25CL.com, where you can download music, you can buy books, you can buy a film. Three women, uh, three men in a laptop is actually featured right now. You can listen to a host of music. Uh, we have a 24-hour radio station where you can play in your home or in your car. Anyway, uh, we're just uh, here with this, uh, listening to the account of Lee Weathersby and his mom as she tells this, this horrifying story. Uh, anyway, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt, but go ahead. Okay, so... I sent my oldest son in there to identify his brother because I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I was mentally, emotionally, physically a wreck. Um, but what I did notice at that very moment was the 6 o'clock news come on in the morning, 6 a.m., and it said, teen shot last night, rushed to the hospital, has now died. And I look on the stretcher. Now, I, I look on the ambulance, you know, how they put in the, the child onto the, um, the roller, and they put him in the ambulance. That's when I look real closely at that news, that press conference, and that is my baby that I see right there. Now, I seen that same news conference last night when they aired it on, like, the 10 o'clock news, and I see the same child, but I'm not thinking that my son is outside at that time of the night. But I see it in the morning, and I look real closely, and that's my son getting rushed into the ambulance after being shot. So okay, so so I Lee Lee this is January first. Lee died. Um yeah, he, he, he died um at four forty two AM. Um so what, and I, so so what we're so sorry for your loss. So mm-hmm. could you explain to me what did the police say happened to him? Did they know who shot him? Did they have an idea as to why he was targeted? Was it just one of those freak you know, I personally have lost maybe four or five people that I know of that were friends of mine on New Year's Eve or, you know, just in the gun shooting and people uh, 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 profiling and, you know, it happened, you know. Um, did they explain any of that to you in the first 24 hours? Um, the first 24 hours, I, 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 after the after we left the hospital, I didn't speak to a police officer until or a detective until six days later um, after Lee died. I know he was shot. Um, I, I actually I spoke to the ambulance, not the ambulance, the fire truck who was first on the scene. Um, I only spoke to them. I asked them. I said, "How many times was Lee shot?" They said. Um, they can't discuss that with me because it's an ongoing case. They did say that Lee was at peace because the bullet wound, this is what they said, the bullet wound to the head allowed him to be at peace. Um, from experience, they believed that he was in no pain. Even though he was alive, he still had the heart rate. He said his heart was still pumping. He still had a pulse. He was in no pain. So 
Now, this is like three days after Lee got shot. So finally, the detectives get in contact with me and said they needed to come down there and um, um, speak with me, me to speak with them. So when I go down there, um, I ask them, how many times was Lee shot? They said that he was shot multiple times. I said, how many times was multiple? They wouldn't allow, they wouldn't tell me. I, I never knew where when Lee was shot. I never knew how many times. I just knew that he died from the gunshot wounds. Um, not until after the um, the corner, the, the 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 funeral home picked up Lee, did they say that there was twenty eight um, bullet holes in my thirteen year old son? Not until mm-hmm. after, yes. And this is like this is like what well, it takes like this is like five days. This is maybe like ten days after Lee was killed because the detectives are not going to tell you that. But this is what he told us: it was twenty-eight um, wounds in Lee's body. Um, yeah. So, no, actually, Lee was not the target of this. What happened was Lee walked into, as he's walking up the street, he walked into a situation that was going down, and all I know is that. Two other people ran, and the bullets from Lee, the bullets, the way they hit Lee, he never knew it was coming. He never knew it was coming. He didn't know to run. He didn't know because he's never been in that situation, didn't have any problems but, with nobody. But he's, he's 13. So he's 13. I, never I, in trouble, don't have any enemies, never been in that I, situation. How would he know to run? How would he know to protect himself? He's a child. Exactly. He he didn't know, but we know that it was just two people, two other people that ran from the scene, and um, yeah, so, yeah, and that's how that happened. So, okay. Oh We're, wow. Well, so you know what we are? We at Teacher Five C. We just extend our condolences to you, and yes, you know we as a um, community have seen your story. We've heard about it. We've talked about it. We we know about this. And exactly. uh, you know, it's just one of those things where you're you hear about the, this horrific thing that has happened, and then you see the mother there on the television, and then unfortunately, how do you help? What do you do to assist? Well, you know, we were able to meet. I was fortunate to meet a lady by the name of Lorraine Taylor, who also has had loss. She's lost both sons, just as you have. And the two of you had something in common that became a healing thing. And she's one of the people that has a program called 1,000 Mothers. And I met you through 1,000 Mothers because our church at Market Street, Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh, under the direction of Pastor Virgil Child, invited Lorraine's group to come to our church so that there could be a place for you to come and uh, have some kind of coping and have an ability to receive instruction and have ability to talk it through. And uh, I know that, you know, um, we've reached out to Lorraine. We haven't heard from her, but perhaps she's going to be with us tonight. But if not, uh, I do know that she's going to have a walk, and we'll give more details to that walk later on in the uh, later on in the evening of the show. But right now, we're going to go right back to Danielle News uh, as she's telling us her account of what has happened uh, with her sons in Oakland, California. And uh, we're going to discuss a little bit about the failures of how 
something like this can happen? And how does a city lose responsibility for its youth? Okay, so uh, go ahead. You were going to tell me. So you sent your older son. He identified the body and worked and tried to help you with uh, the arrangements, right? Um, no, actually, my son was hurt. My oldest son was hurt. Now, mind you, I had him from ni- for 19 days. I had one other child left for 19 days, um, you know, after this happened to Lee. Um, Lee died on January 1st. So my, my, my youngest son's funeral was on January 16th, 2000. My youngest son's funeral was on January 16th, 2014. Um, and, you know, after the funeral and everything, we finally had peace at our house. And I was speaking with Lamar, and he said that he, his school started back on January, um, on January 20th. Um, yeah. 19, let me see, 19, 20. Actually, school started back on January 21st. Um, Laney College, he was a student at Laney College, but he worked at Youth Uprising as one of the peer counselors. So that Sunday, I had just came from church. Um, Lee, we buried Lee on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That Sunday, I had just came from church with my mom, my sister, whatever. We was in my oldest son's car. Um, I had pulled into the driveway um, I went in the house. The 49ers was in the playoffs. They was about to um, play against someone, and I sat down. It was like around 2 o'clock, so I believe the show came on at 2 o'clock. So my oldest son, you know, wanted the keys to his car. I was in the house no more than 10 minutes. Um, I went outside. He came outside. I passed him his keys, and he was with his childhood friend, Derek Harris, who has been with him throughout the whole process of his younger son being killed. So I asked my son, where was he going? He said he would be right back. He's going to the 70s. Um, I gave him $50 because he was going to pass by the place where I pay my cell phone bill at. So as I gave him the money, um, my son got into the car. I went in the house. He drove off. He drove off. I went in the house. I sat down. No more than five minutes after sitting down, I get a phone call from one of his friends. It was like they heard gunshots in the area. Um, Lamar is not answering his phone. I'm like, Oh, so I said, oh, my God, please don't tell me that. So, Lamar, um, please don't tell me that. So as, 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 as I'm calling my son's phone, I'm like, okay, maybe he got the, the um, maybe he has the, um, the, the, the music up. And he can't hear me calling. He can't hear me calling. So, so. I'm calling his phone, calling his phone. I walked up to the area where the friend said that he had the gunshots. We didn't hear my son. Okay, I'm thinking, well, the music is up. So as soon as I walked back down the street to my front porch, um, Derek Harris' mom, which is Tamika, ran up to my um, my um, front porch and said, Tracy, they just killed our kids. Now, they both was in my oldest son's car, so I think I fainted. I fainted on my your front lawn, um, the neighbor came over and helped me up. This is what they told me. The neighbor came over and helped me up, and I slowly. At that point, everybody was coming to meet at my house because we were going to watch the game. They had been there through the funeral of Lee, through the preparations and everything, the planning of Lee. So we was all going to meet up at my house and watch the game. Um, after I fainted, I think I, some type of way I got up. Um, I'm walk, we walking down the street, some driving or whatever. We see the yellow tape. We see my oldest son's car, um, 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 the window shut out, and we see 
the police around. They wouldn't let us around. And I walked to the to the other side, and I, and I just, I never, I said, are they dead? You know, that's my first thing. I said, are they dead? He said, he wouldn't can tell me that. I can't tell you. I said, well, who's in the car? I know, and I already knew who was in the car because nobody drives my son's car except for me. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the ambulance came. It was nothing they can do. Um, we waited for, like, four hours, and they sent the corners. So you waited, you waited out in the street. Yeah, we had we waited in the street because the detectives had to come and, you know, the bodies was covered up and, you know, it was two families they were dealing with from Tamika's side. She was on one side and my family and friends was on the other side. So it was chaotic that day and a lot of people was pulling up and then, you know, people calling my cell phone and to spread it all throughout the internet and, you know, um, um, it was on the news. I don't know how. It, well, they they. You know, for some reason, they knew that Lee and Lamar were brothers because next thing you know, I know, like, people calling me on the news. I've seen the news. I've seen the news. Oh, my God, tell me your other son isn't dead. Tell me he isn't dead. And I wasn't answering my phone. People were answering the phone for me. But it spread like, um, yeah. So I went to the house. Afterwards, you know, you're waiting for four hours. You go in the house. The first thing I did as soon as I walked in my house was we had both the boys' pictures up. I just started turning down all their pictures, all their pictures, everything just started turning down. I think I knocked my TV down, and I was just in disbelief. I was in shock. I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, this, this, this that, that just wasn't happening. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't so, believe it. So, so the the thing that the thing that really resonates most with me, and I'm sure that our listening audience right now is just as aghast as I am, is how does a city, a metropolitan city like Oakland, first off, not move forward in solving a 13-year-old death and then the brother be killed less than a month later? I mean, at some point, don't we hold our city officials, who we are paying, by the way, to keep us safe? Don't they have some, what is your thought about that? Now that you have gone through this horrific ordeal and you've come through the fire and you are on the other side looking back and dealing and trying to hold people accountable, what is your feeling about that? I want to say this, and um, I can't speak on it no more because these are open cases. Um, when they killed Lee, we told them exactly who it was. Um, nothing was done at that point, and they were allowed to come back and kill my oldest son. And I'm gonna just leave it at that. We told them. We gave them. We told them. And that's just what happened. But, um, yeah, that's all I can say about that. So let me ask you, we've got a couple of questions coming on the board, and one question is, um, what suggestions do you have about what should happen with gun control, gun legislation in Oakland? Do you think that could have been um, some way of saving or stopping or um, what's your your position on that? 
Um, I believe that at legally Americans are allowed to um 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 the legal way, you know, have a gun if they choose to. But it's nothing legislation can do about the gun problem in Oakland because the people that have these guns are getting them illegally from someone else. So regardless, they know about the laws. They know about you're not supposed to have a gun. If you're a felon, you don't not, you're not supposed to have a gun. So the laws are made for people who abide by them. Now, the ones that don't care about the laws and illegally purchase these guns from other people off the streets, there's nothing legislation can do about it because this is continued. There's already strict gun laws, but what about the ones that break the law to get a gun? Absolutely. Wow. Well, everybody out there, we're in the penthouse right now. We're with uh, Danielle News, and uh, she is the mother who has lost two sons in the streets of Oakland senselessly. And we here at 225CL, we stand by her 100%. Thanks to Galaxy Talk Radio, you can order music. You can listen to our 24-hour music uh, uh, during uh, whatever you like to throughout your day. I have to give the station its kudos. You can also download music. And eventually, there's going to be a way for you to buy books. And Danielle has a book. And this book she's written after this about this ordeal and how she's triumphed over such a tragedy. When when tragedy strikes twice, dig deep. A mother's triumph over loss. And she's talking about Lee Weathersby and Lamar Broussard, her two sons. Now, we have uh, Andre Ward, who is the CEO and Galaxy Chief of Teachers by CL. He is on, and he has been listening along with many, many, many others as you have given us this uh, this uh, heart-wrenching tale. Andre, uh, yes. you had a question. Uh, I, want, I want you to meet uh, my friend and a friend of the show, uh, Miss Danielle News. Danielle, it's a pleasure to meet you. Hi, how are you? Thank you, Andre. Oh, man, it's it's very difficult in in just listening to this because you know I I grew up in Oakland I still live in Oakland mm-hmm. and it's just it's just hard hearing these stories you know it's not the first one and more than likely it won't be the last one yeah and unfortunately and the parents such as yourself have to continue to live with these sort of issues. Um, my parents got the same knock on the door at 2 o'clock in the morning regarding my brother from the police. Mm. And that's, that's a very hard, hard, hard thing to have to to go through. So um, I definitely feel your pain, and everybody else in the world that's listening to this broadcast has, has got to be feeling it as well. Mm-hmm. And let me just ask you, when you go through things like this, what are the remedies? I mean, it's emotional at this point, and especially a mother lose, losing not only one but two children. I mean, one is too many, but when you mm-hmm. lose two, what do you do for yourself to try to ease this pain, to ease this burden? What do you do? Um. 
at, at that point, you know, I, I was a total, like, my family handled everything as far as preparations for the funeral and all this other stuff. And then I was, like, in a shuttle, a total shutdown mode. Um, I had got a visit from um, Beatrice, Beatrice um, and Bobby um, from the Oscar Grant Foundation, um, Uncle Bobby and Beatrice. And they visited me at a neighbor's house, and they heard about the story. They heard about the first son. Then they heard about the second son. Matter of fact, Lamar was killed on Martin Luther King's birthday when they was doing a freedom ride um, in San Jose, and they heard it. I can think the um, conductor stopped the ride and said, the California mom loses two kids within 19 days, and told about the story. So they had visited me at a friend's house, and they said that you have to – Get your story out there. This is unheard of. It, it's 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 tragic, but yet you have a you have a you have a story to tell, and your story may save the lives of others. So they sat down with me for another hour, and I finally met them. It was my first time meeting Uncle Bobby Beatrice, and they told me, you know, about you know some ideas that I can do. Um, but prior to that, I was the type of mom that like you know I I I, I just. I took care of them boys, and I, if they had to have it, I went out and got it. And I was their provider. You know, even Lamar at 19, who had his own bank account, own money, own car, enrolled in school, had his own job, That was still he still lived under my roof. That was still my child. He still had to follow my rules. So what I did was one of the first events, I mean, I just started writing on Facebook, like sharing my story. Matter of fact, I think the short, the story was told. Throughout, like, I had, like, less than 200 Facebook friends. Within, like, a month, people were, like, requesting me as Facebook friends. I, I read your story on Bossip. I read your story on Media Takeout. I read your story on Russell Simmons. I read, I seen you on CNN, you know, because, like, a lot of people interviewed me, and it, it, it went through across the nation. California mom loses two kids within 19 days, and I just started writing, and I started writing. And I started getting up and, and attending these events and was like, and the one thing they said to me was like, your kid's death, this story cannot be in vain. You have to share it. You have to speak. You have to have a voice for your kids. And since then, it's been on and cracking. Like, I have not slowed down. And it, get, it, it, it feels better to me to get up every day doing something in memory of my boys because they're no longer here, you know. The physical presence is no longer here. But I feel like a mama again when I get up every day and do something in memory of Lee and Lamar and little Derek, you know, Derek. So even though they're not here, to speak to other mothers and to be around other mothers and to get the strength from other mothers that have been through this prior to me, and what have they been doing to keep their sons or childs or anybody's legacy alive is where I got my strength from. I mean, you can't just – I refuse to just sit and, and let my pain swallow me up, even though there are days. Do you have more can, children? I don't. Those are my only two sons. But how can you be How can you be a mom for 19 and 13 years and all of a sudden within 19 days those privileges are snatched away from you by cowards? And you just forget how to be a mom. That's not true. It, it, no. You will never forget how to be a mama. 
So I just get up every day. I go to everywhere. Everything that somebody is getting, if I can be there, I'm there. And you're going to know about Leah Lamoy, just like you knew about Oscar Grant, just like you knew about Trayvon Martin, just like you knew about, you know, um, um, Kendrick Johnson. So that's where I get all my strength from. It's like, you know, some, and then they even contact me on Facebook, like, you are so strong. Why are you doing this? Like what are you what what are you doing to like continue? I lost my mind when just one of my kids was killed. Let alone both of you are so close apart, and I just tell them exactly what I'm doing. It's like my story inspires other mothers to like look at her. She done got up and she is doing the doggone thing, and that's just how I was as a parent when they were here. I well, mean, you know we we are we are beyond support for you. I mean, I. I personally know you, but I mm-hmm. see you before on TV, and I was so moved by your story. I was so moved by your 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 excellence and your 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 ability to just still stay royal with all the pressure that you were under. I, I just I, we've got a caller. Uh, let me see what the caller is saying. Hi, caller. Uh, you're on Straight Talk, and we're here on the penthouse with uh, Daniel Luke. Do you have a co- question or a comment? Yes, this is Lorraine Taylor, and I wanted to say to Danielle that I am so proud of you. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I tell you, when I heard about your son, I was in the bed. I was in the bed for a while because it reminded me of the pain that I had to suffer losing my twin sons at the same time. And you're the one person that whose story is so closely related to mine. And I just support anything that you're doing, whatever you're doing. Just know you have the support of me and our organization, 1,000 Mothers to Prevent Violence. I love you so much. And your, your best friend whose son was lost, Derek, along with your son, Mm-hmm. I feel like family now. I feel like you all are my family. Thank you, Lorraine. I appreciate it. Yeah, everybody. This is, Very, this is Lorraine ahead. Taylor from One Thousand uh, Mothers to Prevent Violence. Uh, she has a organization. Uh, she was able to also overcome a horrific, tremendous loss when she lost both of her sons, also in the streets of Oakland to senseless violence and. Uh, we just welcome you to the show, and um, we've listened to um, Mrs. News tell her story, and we'd like to know from you, Lorraine, um, you have a COPE session that you have all over at various churches and uh, organizations in Oakland, California. What is the first and second and maybe even third step to overcoming such a tragedy as this? You know, there are several models that have been developed that talks about the stages of grief. There is a seven-step model and there is a 12-step model. One is shock and denial, which most of us, our our bodies, in order for us to survive such such news, we go into shock and denial. And even though... That's considered the first in both models. No, there is no set way of dealing with this type of trauma. You may be here today and there tomorrow, 
I've gone through the anger, the bargaining, the forgiveness, and all of those stages that we learn about, we just have to take it one day at a time. And I tell people, don't be hard on yourself. If you're feeling angry today, deal with that anger. And I I take my wisdom from the Bible, just don't sin. Be angry, sin not. Just know that it's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to cry. And and you may be here today and there tomorrow. But as Danielle says, she has a way of dealing with her grief. That is doing something in memory of her babies every day. That is so wonderful. We have to find out what is the hit that, that we need to do to keep us going and not to go down like that and not to let our children die and be in vain. Exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. Andre, so um, when you hear stories like this and you say you lost a brother, which we didn't know, we just, my heart goes out to each and every one of you as we listen to your stories and we all have lost. And it, 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 but a mother's loss is just the most acute. Um, what do you think needs to happen in Oakland to bring about some kind of recovery for not only these mothers, but for the friends and for the community that is suffering this random act of violence? Well, I look at it like this. To drive an automobile, you have to pass a test and get a driver's license, and then you have to have insurance. I believe that whenever someone purchases a gun, they need a license. Whenever you purchase bullets, you need a license, and you also need insurance as well. The difference in driving an automobile, you drive an automobile to get from point A to point B, but sometimes people get injured or killed when you're driving an automobile, and so you must have insurance to protect yourself, your assets, and all of that. And I think that the same thing needs to happen if you are a gun owner. Even if you got the gun illegally, you have to go somewhere and get bullets for it. And so when you go to buy the bullets, you need to show some type of certification that you have a license to operate a gun just as though you do with an automobile. And, of course, there are going to be people who are going to skate around this in some type of way, form, or fashion. But something has to be done in order to curtail these sort of things and happening. And something just has to happen, and the, um, the local, the state, and the federal governments should be uh, behind something like this so that uh, guns can be put into the hands of responsible people. I mean, that's I a agree. start. You know, well, it's then. a start. But something just has to be done about all of this. This this is just getting way too far out of hand. And then the other unwritten issue is the hatred of self and kind. Mm-hmm. When we get out here, Uh, as black people and killing one another. And then what happens when these things happen, the politicians, they use this against us, especially on uh, Fox News when they use it in talking points. Oh, we're not doing it. Black folks are killing one another. 
and they're killing each other more than the police are. So stop screaming and jumping up and down when the police are doing it and when we're doing it more than the police are. And so there's a couple of things that are going on. The gun itself and then us as a people in our communities just senselessly killing uh, one another. And this is the major crime in itself is black-on-black crime. And that, that needs to stop some type of way, form, or fashion. I totally well, agree with that. Really Lorraine, agree. what's your position on that, Lorraine? Lorraine well, I, I, I totally agree with, with Andre. What you said is so right on. When I talked to my son, Gregory, I have one living son, and we were getting ready to debate with the NRA and, and, and just brainstorming. He said, Mama, you need to tell every mother to get insurance who has, a, has an African-American male. With, and the insurance companies, he said, once they start paying, then the government is going to do something. They're going to force the government to do something about it. The NRA is a very powerful organization. They use their money, power, and influence no matter what law we put on the book. If we say that and California has so many anti-gun laws on the book where you need a license, you need this and that, but in order to enforce it, it's, that's the challenge. You need you need to be able to enforce these laws. It would save lives, I believe, if every gun owner had a license, not only just a license to buy the gun, a license to buy the bullets, and a license to cover any fatality that happened as a result of misuse or an accident or not. And right. um, I think I think that would definitely help solve it. We know most likely, Andre, most likely that's not going to happen. And because of the powerful National Rifle Association, but I think that we as mothers and as families, we do have to ensure ourselves, ensure our children, that black-on-black crime and the black and the self-hatred, that's something that that many of us have been bred and born in. We studied in Sunday school this morning about love. How can we love God when we've never seen and not love one another? We need exactly. to love ourselves, our neighbors as ourselves. Without that love, we cannot overcome what we have been bred and born in. This government system of justice was not, it, it's, it was allegedly based on the New Testament law, but we know if you read the 13th Amendment that it was directed to African Americans adversely and that you are free unless you break the law. And they keep putting new laws on the book every day. We don't know the law. And according to this documentary called The America, we we commit at least three felonies a day. I've gone to the store and, and eat grapes, and I didn't know that was a felony. You know, but it's <laughs> set up, <laughs> it's set up mm. to direct our African-American people to the morning-day slave plantation, unfortunately. And we have to wake up and live. We have to wake up, love ourselves, and not let that happen anymore. Well, I want to go back to um, to Danielle. So, to, uh, Danielle, tell me a little bit. Okay, so now you're starting to write, and mm-hmm. you're starting to uh, become more. I don't. I don't know how you say. What 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 do you think the immediate tool was that brought you to where you could put this down on paper? 
Um, it was Facebook. I, I posted everything, how I was feeling, what I was going through, the boys' pictures. It was always a story behind what I posted from day one. Um, and, and, and so many people commented. I think I have like, like 3,000 Facebook friends, but everyone was like requesting me as a friend back to back. But so many people commented. I was like, you need to write a book. Your story is going to save others. The way that you got up and the way that you're dealing with this and the way that you can strength is nothing but the grace of God that is keeping you going. And I agree with them. But it, it, from the beginning, I just, after that, okay, all these people requested me as friends, and it was telling me their stories. So I told my story back to them about my sons and my boy and, and how I was feeling and what I was going through and at that very moment what I was thinking, and I all put it on Facebook. And that just spread and spread and spread and spread and spread towards, like, you need to write this book. So someone reached out to me, and it was like, you need to do it, and we're going to help you, and we're going to finance you, and we're going to assist with whatever you need to do, and that's how I was born. Now, I got I got this book from – I got the idea of the title from a lady. Her name was um, – forgot her name. But anyway, she just came to me one day. She was like, I got a title for your book because I couldn't figure out what the title would be, and it had to be universal. She was like, when tragedy strikes twice, dig deep, a mother's triumph over loss. But it's not only going to, it's going to tell about, you know, the story behind Lamar and Lee and Lil D, Derek, but it's also going to tell step by step what I did, how I got up every day, what am I doing? Where am I getting the strength from? What you can do also, because there's other mothers out there that that right. that that's doing it, like Lorraine, like like um Sabrina, like Wanda Johnson, like Geraldine Bluford. You know, regardless if it's street violence or police violence or whatever, there's so many of us out there. That 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 I got my strength, and when I went to go visit, you know, to Sabrina Fulton, her little event down there, her big event down there, and they gave us a detail that says your child's death is not their final chapter. Don't let your child's death be their final chapter, or they're just dead. There's something that comes out of that, and you have to, regardless if it's your nonprofit organization, your book, your 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 drive to try to save another's life. There's something come out of it. You just have to. Get the strength to do it and get out there and do it. And that's what the book is going to talk about, getting up the day after, the weeks after, the months after, the years after. Getting up and continue to do it. I think that's just absolutely beautiful. Everybody here, here in the penthouse listening to www.225CL. And uh, my name is Barbara McGee, and this is Straight Talk. We're here with uh, Danielle News with her new book called When Tragedy Strikes Twice, Dig Deep, A Mother's Triumph Over Loss. It's about her son's passing. We want to give a particular shout-out right now to our friends, to the show and to my church, Miss Tamika, and to 1,000 Mothers. Uh, Tamika out there, we love you, and uh, her son, Derek. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have Lorraine, Miss Lorraine Taylor here. That is joined Don't forget walk, Robert. Don't forget our walk on, on May 9th. Yes. Oh, yes, exactly. That is just where we're going. 
But uh, we want to talk a little bit about the walk that's happening because as a community, I know, Andre, you and I both are riveted. We are just uh, speechless right now at these ladies' ability to not only get up but get over. And uh, I don't know how I would be able to find the strength but they have found a way to bond together. And as a community, that's something that we have to do. But what I really want to bring up right now as we're winding up our show is, so now, coming back to you, Danielle, so your focus now is to sell this book, and in selling this book, the proceeds will be for what? Tell us a little bit about LZEP guns down, and the book, and the reward. Um, right now, there's a 30000 reward out that Crime Stoppers has given for the information leading to any arrest of Lamar, Lee, and Derek. Um, I've raised $15,000 in private funding. I mean, literally begging on the streets, telling my story, getting cash from somebody. Um, and so so there's the um, 30000 and then there's 45000 the proceeds that go to my book for my book sales, um, up to a hundred thousand dollars would go for the reward fund of um to catch the people who did this. But um we, we, we got some we, we, we got some information on, on the murder of Lee that, that we we probably don't even need the reward. That's all I can say. We probably don't even need the reward because yeah, there is some good things coming it, it, it it's well, we're not asking you to reveal or to... Yes, to there's some good things coming from that. So that's almost close. Right. That's close. That's close as far as leads. Um, we're just, you know, Lamar. And then um, the L's of Guns Down, once the book is done, I'm, I'm promoting stuff like that, we're going to go back into the um, community and speak to the younger kids, Lee's age in high school and all that stuff, to tell them the, the, the exact ramifications of using a gun. You're not, only, you're not just killing that person that you don't like. There's a whole community, a whole city, a whole family that's affected by your one single choice to use a gun on somebody when it could have been solved with Absolutely. a conversation. So that's Absolutely. where the LSF Guns Going Down organization is going to go back into the schools in the city of Oakland to get these younger kids who have not been already taken by the streets and by this violence. Yep, that's it. Well, you know what? We welcome that, and I applaud you. And I hope that the government, the mayor's office, I hope that the police officers that uh, come about and come into your periphery, I hope that they recognize and give you the power necessary to get this thing done to get it Thank solved, you. to get it done, to get open doors. That's what we're asking God for in Jesus' name. Now, Lorraine Taylor, our friend to the show and uh, our friend in life, our sister in charge, <laughs> tell us a little bit about 1,000 Mothers and what's on the agenda for Mother's Day. Yes, well, 1,000 Mothers to prevent violence was actually born out of my own grief as we talked before but the Morning Mothers Walk, we, we changed the name from Morning Mothers so that all mothers can come and join us. And it's for fathers, sisters, and brothers, too. 
You don't have to be in mourning to come and walk for healing. Violence impacts our entire community. It makes me sick. And I got really sick one time. Uh, it was seven years ago after losing my twin sons. I went back to work for the VA, and I went back to school to work on my MSW. I was six units away from my master's of social work, and I had a got, I got sick again of grief and, and depression. And my doctor insisted I took antidepressant, and I asked the Lord, to help me to feel happy again without the antidepressant. I started to walk around the marina. I invited Michelle Allen, another grieving mother, to walk with me. And that's how the, the walk was born. And this will be our sixth annual walk for healing. ABC7, Cheryl Jennings and I talked about it, and we wanted to rebrand it and call it a walk for healing. It will be the sixth annual walk for healing on May 9th at the San Leandro Marina. We are asking $20 for participants. And that will include lunch. Juan Escobita is going to be there. We have some other surprise guests from the Whispers who are planning to be there. And it's just going to be a wonderful day. We want everyone to come out, walk, talk, wine, dine, dance together. And let's, let's love on one another, support one another. We, we as African Americans and people in general, how, how powerful, how much healing can we bring about if we join hands and support one another. We have nothing to lose when we support each other. We have everything to gain. So I think that's absolutely just beautiful. What time? It is. And, and, and that's going to be at the at the San Leandro um, Berkeley, um, excuse me, San Leandro Marina, right? And yes, San Leandro Marina Park on May 9th at 9 o'clock a.m. is registration. We'll kick off okay. the walk at 10 o'clock in the program. The band comes on at 11. Okay, got it. That sounds so beautiful. Well, you know what? Again, every um, we, we just love you and we want to love on you. We love you, you too, Barbara. Thank you so much. Thank for you. Thank you. Oh, wow. Being there, Danielle was there, and Danielle was there last week at our close support group, and you were there facilitating, and you helped open the door at Market Street for us. Thank you. We love you. We love what you're doing. Thank you so much. Well, you know what? That's the least that we can do as a community. And uh, I'm going to go to Andre now, and then we're going to let – well, let me have uh, Danielle. Uh, Danielle, you give us uh, our final thoughts, and then we'll close with Andre. Uh, let's swing back by everybody one time. So you have given us such the riveting story that I hope it keeps you up at night. I hope that people out there that are listening, I hope that you are driven to find a conclusion to this because it's happening, it's real, and people are being affected. Changing exactly. Lives. Exactly. And uh, I thank Lorraine yeah. also for letting me um, – um, be a guest speaker at the event also, and I thank you, Lorraine, yes, very much. That's right, that's right, yes. Yes, well, so, Danielle, tell us, so how are we going to be able to support you? L's Up, Guns Down. And L's Up, Guns Down. We're selling T-shirts. We have the T-shirts. You can befriend me on Facebook, D-I-N-Y-A-L, last name new. I'm having a book release party Um in Oakland, um, an organization has agreed to um, let me host a book signing um, event. It's not going to be just a book signing, you know, where a table and chairs is going to be an extravagant event. And you guys like me on Facebook, and more should come. 
Well, I tell you, you you can definitely come here, and hopefully you can uh, give us the information so we can have everybody there lined up to support you and to support the positive efforts and the the positive resurrection that, you know, Jesus Christ has given you. We know it's a God. Thank you. Yes, nothing but God. We we recognize that in you and in your experience. Uh, I want to go to Andre. Andre, so what do you think about this? What, as a man's opinion, a businessman, lifelong resident of Oakland, you hear these mothers' stories. In close, what do you think of all of this? I mean, this this is a heavy story. And Lorraine and Danielle, you know, you guys are T25CL. You're part of this family, and you can always use this platform anytime you want to promote any of your events or books or whatever you want to do. So we welcome you anytime. And, 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 you know, and even when these people are brought to justice and even if they're given the death penalty, it, you know, it won't bring your children back. And then this healing process is just going to take some time. And, you know, Time is going to it's just going to take time to heal these wounds. You know, I just lost my father a year ago, April 24th, and you know I think about it every day. And so it's 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 all in the mind. And you know I just try to keep occupied as much as I can, and uh, keep my mind off of that. And that's one thing I can say to you guys individually is to just keep up the good work, move forward, and just let time heal these wounds and just give it the time, all right? Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Our website is 1000mothers.org. I forgot to give that. If people want to join to to register, pre-register for the walk, 1000mothers.org. Okay. okay, all right. So say that again clearly, uh, Sister Lorraine. Yes. So, yes, to pre-register for the walk, please go to www.1000mothers.org, 1000mothers.org. All right. All right, so you heard it here at Straight Talk, everyone. Uh, Danielle, I just can't thank you enough for coming and gracing our our show and telling your story and doing it so eloquently. Um, You know, it is a riveting story that uh, pulls apart one's own personal psyche. And what that does is it allows each and every one of us to take some form of ownership because everyone loves Oakland. Everyone has that great good feeling about what Oakland has to offer. Everyone, including the mayor, has been born and raised in Oakland, and they're having a distinct, different lifestyle. And so what I'd like to see is young black youth in East Oakland have the opportunity to look at various colleges and to uh, see themselves working for Google and moving to New York and, 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 and going to school overseas instead of am I going to make it through my 20, to my 21st birthday, you know, back exactly. in the milestone. Am I going to make it to 25, you know, I'm feeling so lost because of so much loss. I want to see that come to an end. 
And uh, we're going to do everything in our power here at Teacher5CL to get the word out so that people can support in any way, shape, or form. I want to thank you, Andre, for allowing us to be here. It's a privilege. I want to thank you, Lorraine Taylor, for 1,000 Mothers. And everybody, you can make it to uh, the San Leandro Marina, 9 o'clock, register for that walk. And uh, meet these ladies, these that's royalty, God's royalty. Uh, Danielle is going to be speaking there. You can talk to her about the book and how you can further help her with her cause. Danielle, we thank you so much thank for you. being here. I want to give a shout-out to Miss Tamika. I know you're out there listening somewhere. God loves you. Yeah, God loves you, and so do I. And uh, everybody, this has been Straight Talk from the Higher Brush. Dad on the penthouse couch some of the most toughest lady in God's army that I know. And I just want to tell you all, we appreciate you, and to all be a good night. God bless you. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Thank Peace. you. Good night. All right. All right. Love you. Love you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.